Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome everybody to another episode of As Told by Nomads and today's episode is with an amazing new friend I just met. Her name is Heather Marie Dittmars and on August 14, 2015, she left her life in the United States behind with the intention to never look back. With only a backpack, she traveled across Europe, Southeast Asia, and then on to my continent, Africa. And, um, you know, and ever since she wrote her first blog post, which will be put in the links, uh, make sure you check that out. She hopes that the world will join her on this crazy cross-cultural adventure of hers. Welcome to the show, Heather Marie. Thank you, Teo. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Hello from Nashville today. Yes, yes, you are. You just flew there this morning, right? Oh, I, I actually flew here last night. Right, last it was night. dark, so yes. I'm super excited. Right after this, I'm going straight down to one of those honky tonks. <laughs> <laughs> and and t- tell the world why you why you're doing all these trips in the United States. I, I, th- I believe you're prepping for something. I am. I am making the rounds. I'm catching up with all my friends here in the states um, because I am leaving again on a one-way ticket again. <laughs> this time, I'm going to hit up South America, starting in Peru. I am flying to Lima on the 26th with my ugly backpack, and this time, I'm actually going with my best friend, which will totally change the dynamic because I've always been a solo traveler. So it's going to be two California girls tackling South America, hoping we don't get kidnapped. I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're going to have a really good time. I'm very excited. That's good. It's good. Are you starting in uh, Lima? Yeah, we're starting in Lima. We're going to go on to Cusco. Got to go see the alpacas in Machu Picchu. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to steal an alpaca if I can. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's fascinating. I wanted you to share that because that basically paints the picture of what I'm about to ask you. So you said you had a quarter life crisis. Can you take us back? Take us back to the beginning when you realized that you needed to make a change. What was going on in your life at the time? Well, I think in some ways I am a typical American girl. You know, I was a cheerleader growing up. 
Um, I took dance classes before that. I, you know, was a great student in school for the most part, especially in English. I went on and went through college like I was supposed to. I worked in retail through high school before that, and I continued to pursue my career um, while I was in college later. And I felt like I had this checklist, like I think most of us feel when we're, you know, growing and developing in our lives. And we have this list of things that we, we know we need to do. And then we think when we've accomplished everything on that list that we're, we're going to feel complete or happy or we're going to feel some type of way that perhaps you won't. And for me, I, I had checked off absolutely everything on that list. You know, I had the apartment, I had the car, I had the job, the salary, I had, you know, friends all across the country. And I just felt empty inside for no reason other than, you know, I had been seeking my purpose. And for me, it, when I had, I felt like I was sitting on this pile of beautiful toys, you know, my nice designer bags and all my nice clothes and my nice apartment and whatever. And I felt maybe I hit depression and it was, I couldn't really articulate it at the time. What, what was really even going on? Um, and so I think, you know, there's an expression commonly used when things aren't adding up, you start subtracting. And so that's exactly what I did. I just said, screw it. I'm getting rid of everything and I'm going to completely start from scratch and I need to fall in love with the world again because, you know, I'm, I'm empty. Wow. wow. So, so I got rid of everything wow. that I owned, you know, I had one designer bag. <laughs> <laughs> I kept one shell bag box, but everything else I sold, I donated you know, which was an incredible process in and of itself, you know, meeting families that would come over to my apartment and take the furniture that they maybe couldn't afford was very powerful. And, you know, each item that left my apartment at the time just made me feel and was just an affirmation that I was going the right direction. Um, so it was really a matter of weeks. Like I put in my notice at my job, which was a great company, great, great everything. But I quit. Um, I gave them about a three-week notice. I got rid of everything. I booked a one-way ticket for three weeks later to go to Spain. Wow. And I bought an ugly backpack. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially, I traded in the Chanel bag and my corporate Barbie kind of status for, you know, breaking it down with an ugly backpack and seeking minimalism. Wow. Wow. And <laughs> so when you go to Spain, you land, into, uh, land in Spain, do you speak Spanish already? You know, it's so sad. I studied Spanish for four and a half years in school, and I still cannot speak it. But okay. but I was able to navigate the country well enough because I could understand what they were saying. It was just, you know, me speaking it wasn't very effective. But I certainly was better off than most. No, um, that's an interesting point, though. I love that you brought that up because a lot of times some people say they don't want to travel because they don't learn language. And, and so what did you do to make sure that you still had fun? You know... I was actually very surprised because a lot of people do speak English there. Um, and also, I stayed at hostels. So I immediately, you know, which was another humbling experience, going from having your own apartment for years <laughs> to <laughs> staying in with a bunch of strangers was, you know, a great experience and scary. And But I made friends. Like, first day in Madrid, I was actually sick, which was not good. I got sick on the plane. As the plane landed in Madrid, it hit me what I had just done. And I think I had a panic attack because I got sick. And then, you know, somehow I made my way to the hostel. I climbed into bed. 
And this cute little Thai girl walks in. Her name's Maya. And she looks at me and says, what are you doing? You sleep when you're Get out of bed. Let's go. And I listened to this girl. And she is one of my best friends to this day. We talk all the time. I've seen her in Thailand multiple times. So she became my little buddy, you know, and that was my first day on the road. And that's really, I think, what happens with travelers. You just, you're so quick to connect with other travelers because you're in a similar open mindset. You know, the the other thing about traveling too, which which we talked about before we actually started recording, is you talk about the self-awareness that you, you uh, learn. You, you learn a lot about yourself. You know, you discover maybe things you like, things you, you don't like. So I'm curious about what you learned about yourself um, since you started going around the world. Yeah, you know, I learned just how impatient I really can be. <laughs> uh, there, you know, I think that through my life, it, the position that I held and whatever I was doing in my life, I was able to get by being impatient and being that way. But when you're traveling, you really have to just submit to the world, to the to your surroundings completely. Like you don't have a choice. And the more you try to, you know, control it, it's the worst the experience is. So I just literally learned how much of a control freak I was and was able to really work on that, which yeah. was huge for me. Yeah. Um, and I also learned, you know, I, I've always loved people, but I thought, you know, I had been in sales since I was a teenager and I climbed the corporate ladder in that world. But I thought that perhaps it was my salesiness about me. That's not a word, but you know, yeah. I, I that's why I loved people. But it's really that, that I love connecting with people all around the world on just a very, very basic human level. Yeah. Yeah. You know that, yeah. Like what makes you who you are? I, I love digging deep with people, having those, you know, life questioning conversations. And when you're able to have that all around the world, that's just, it reaffirmed my love for humanity and my love for the world in general, which, you know, quickly pulled me out of my depression. So I truly believe travel is the antidote to depression for a lot of people, myself included. All right. All right. Well, you know, two years ago, you embarked on two different journeys, right? One was one that took you to Spain, but the other one that I'm really fascinated by because I do the same thing, I create content, is you started blogging in Portugal. Is that correct? I did. Yeah. So why and how did you start? I, I think this is probably... This is one of the, this is something I've been looking forward to talk to you about because I believe that sharing our stories is one of the most powerful ways to to make an impact in the world. It is and it's really scary, you know, cuz the truth is ugly a lot of times. It's not this perfect situation for anybody. Everyone's flawed and my my story certainly was. Um but for me it was it was as simple as I was doing this crazy thing you know, I had to make this crazy life change and my friends and family and, you know, my neighbor from back home was asking me to start a blog and share my, share my journey. And so that's, it really just started out as almost like a little travel diary. And, you know, I took a deep breath, hit publish, panicked, but, but then I just tried to forget that I had done it and, you know, figured no one is going to read this. You know, there's a billion webs sites and so many blogs and no one's going to read this. And then, you know, I, I didn't even know how to check statistics the first week or so, uh, you know, starting a blog. And then a few weeks in, I started taking note of how many countries were really viewing this. And that kind of blew my mind. And then I started getting messages from 
you know, women and men around the world of just how inspired they were that I had taken the plunge, if you will. Wow. And that encouraged me to keep sharing more and more of myself and the process that I was, you know, going through. Um, and what continues to fuel me to this day, I know that you and I were just talking about that before this, it's just when people reach out to you and say that you inspired them in some way, or you, you know, touched on something that they weren't able to articulate, it just reaffirms your desire to keep sharing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you know, that's why I wanted to talk to you about that, because that's how my career started. You know, you, you said you were, you had your quarter life crisis, I, I had a, a near death experience at the age of 22. And that sort of reminding me of my mission, which is what I want to do. And then I had several adventures moving to New York City. And, you know, I believe we're close in age or oh. about a year apart. But we've both gone through several iterations. But it wasn't until I started my podcast and started telling my story that I sort of felt this freedom and this just unbelievable sense of community. And looking back, I always wonder, you know, you know, not even wonder. I always, I'm always amazed by the amount of people that have followed me on that journey because it, it, it is truly humbling. So I want to ask you that similar question. If you look back, how do you feel like your community evolved with you? How did they grow from one to two to two to 200 to 100,000? I, you know, I think for me, people connect when I'm vulnerable in my writing and I really, I got so much feedback, which was awesome from friends, family, and just readers around the world. Um, it, when I started blogging, it started out very, very personal. And then I started kind of sharing more traditional blog posts, for example, you know, 12 things to do in this destination or something like that. And I noticed my views took a plunge. I noticed that people weren't connecting with that at the same level. And that's when I knew that not only was my community evolving, but I was evolving in the whole process. And I still am. Because um, my difference as a blogger is that I talk about my personal experience and kind of the, my psychological experience with travel versus, you know, there are some tips and tricks, but it's not all tips and tricks like most other bloggers kind of write about when they're traveling. Um, so I just noticed, you know, the more I opened up, the more people around the world would open up with me. And that just continues to happen to this day. So, you know, that my last blog post last week was actually had the most views out of any post I've ever done. And it was also the most vulnerable and horrifying thing to write for me. But, it, you know, it was cathartic and not from just me, but for I'm still getting emails like today from people that, it, you know, it touched them. And it, me being vulnerable helps other people be vulnerable. And I think that's really what it's all about for me. Right. And, and that was the post about being perfect, I believe, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, listeners. There is an F-bomb or two in that no, post. No, no. Hey, you, you can use an F-bomb. Um, <laughs> there's uh, <laughs> You can definitely use an F-bomb here. Um, so wait. So the post is about what exactly? It's about, you know, I recently, I told you I've been making my rounds and seeing all my, my American friends while I'm here. And I connected with a friend that I grew up with. And this girl, I won't name names, I'll let her remain anonymous. But she was the one that I always looked up to growing up. You know, we all have that one girl in school who's the really pretty one, the popular one. And and that's the one you you either consciously or subconsciously model your life after you, you try to look like her, you know, it's hard growing up as, as a girl, you know, and she was for me, like my icon in school, she was older than me. 
And, you know, so I've always looked up to this girl and here I was catching up with her and, you know, we had had a couple drinks and the, the troops were flowing and she was just telling me basically everything that I felt about her. She felt about me and she felt deeply insecure and she thought that, that my life looked incredibly perfect and how I am and how I must not have any problems and, you know, her life is a mess and mine must not be. And, and I realized that's because, you know, a lot of my content online, it, 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 it has become curated, you know, if, if you just look at my posts from whatever beach in Thailand, you're not going to see the, the few days before that that were perhaps a mental struggle for me because, you know, that's not something I would post a picture of. Um, so it was just a big eye-opener, and it really inspired me. So I just wrote the post about, you know, the need to put on this perfect persona and kind of just calling BS on the whole system because, you know, we're becoming a curated society with the, the, the way that things are going now with social media. And, you know, social media can be the best tool or the worst tool, depending on how you use it. So it just kind of woke me up and redirected me a little bit. Oh, that's amazing. And that's a very great point to actually hone in on. A lot of people do, you know, they mistake the world for an Instagram culture, a social media culture. And, and you're right, it is curated. And we only sometimes portray the best of us and not enough of the worst of us. So in in that spirit, Heather, I, I hope you, you allow me to go here. Uh, yeah. you, you, <laughs> you, 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 you've written recently about heartbreak, right? Um, yeah. Can you, can you talk about your story of falling in love abroad and, and how, what you've learned from your heartbreak? Oh, I mean, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course you want to go here. Oh, gosh, you, you, you African men get the best of me. <laughs> I fell in love with a South African. I did. You know, I flew, so I was on month 10 of my travels. I had this goal of traveling for one year, hitting, you know, 20 countries was my goal at the time. And here I was, you know, 19 countries in on my last continent. And I flew to South Africa. I spent two weeks in Cape Town, totally fell in love with the city. Um, everything about Cape Town is just incredible. And I would go back there in a heartbeat. Um, but I then fell in love with a local and skipped my flight out and then booked another flight and skipped that flight out. And, you know, one thing led to another and we were just head over heels in love. And, you know, I think it kind of enhances the romance a bit when it's international um, and things tend to go faster because here we were, you know, when you're traveling, it's like when you're in a relationship, all of a sudden one minute you're saying in a hotel and the next year just living with your new partner so you know things escalated very quickly and yeah we just we fell in love but unfortunately you know it didn't work out and I was very very blindsided you know back in May I actually came home for a visit I you know had a ticket back this was a round trip ticket at the time I had a ticket back to Cape Town already booked um, and then we broke up one weekend um, and we were actually, you know, planning to get married. So I was, I was and am still, still heartbroken. Um, but I think not to sound cheesy or, or whatever, but heartbreak really can be such a gift. Um, you know, you talk about learning about yourself when you go to another country, like try getting your heart broken in another country or, you know, it's, or breaking up with someone and having them on a completely other continent is kind of like the cleanest break you could ever have. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, 
Yeah. But it's, it's really, it's taught me a lot about myself. I do not regret it at all. I think, you know, when you fall in love with someone from another culture, you not only learn about yourself as you would in any relationship, but everything's magnified because you you start to realize, you know, why do I say those things that way? And, you know, how much did I really learn from being American and how much is just me? And I was able to really decipher that by being with someone who wasn't from this country. Well, let me let me just say thank you uh, for sharing that story. I, I know you wrote about it, but sometimes you know it can be hard to you know articulate, and you know heartbreak is never something that's that's uh, easy to talk about. But I do appreciate you sharing, and um, I you know I hope that you're healing and you know um, enjoying life again. <laughs> but um, I am. It was certainly a little touch and go there, but I've got to say I'm grateful that. It happened while I was home mm. because I was just surrounded by my friends and my family that I hadn't seen in so long. So that for me was such a gift. Otherwise, you know, I would have been still in Cape Town going through a breakup and alone essentially just, you know, so it really best case, best worst case scenario, honestly. It, it, it's funny because you're, yeah, and I don't now know I'm that. <laughs> Not a lot of people like getting broken up with, uh, you know, in an impersonal matter. So the, I, I love that you you found the positive there because I wouldn't even have thought of it that way. But you you're right. You did have family surrounded and friends. So well, hey, if we were if we were having this uh, this interview, you know, three months ago, it'd be a different conversation. <laughs> but <laughs> but I've been, you know. I've been doing the work. I sit, I read, I write every single day, not just for my blog, but for myself and my own little journal. I have my own little personal growth process, and I really stick to that, and that helps me glean some level of positivity from a horrible experience. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, thank you so much. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about something that comes up, you know, with travel. So I, I, you know, I spend my, my whole life being mixed in different cultures. So a lot of, um, culture shock and reverse culture shock was essentially my life. But I want to talk about reverse culture shock. Everybody knows what culture shock is. Um, and, you know, we'll touch on it a little bit, but how did you deal with reverse culture shock and what was your experience, your first experience with that? Oh, you know, it's a, it was as simple as, turning on the TV and listening to the commercials because, you know, being in South 
South Africa for a year. First of all, I didn't, the, the commercials didn't annoy me as much because they had that great accent <laughs> in Cape Town. I love the South African commercials. I'm like, turn it up. That sounds so cute. Now back home, it's a totally different story. You know, it becomes right back to annoying again but then I'm noticing what they're advertising and how different that is uh, it was you know take this medication for your anxiety and don't forget about planning for your retirement and your life insurance and you know all these financial services and just advertisements that I kind of noticed you know these are things that keep people on this stressful for lack of a better word hamster wheel of you know the the idea that, you know, you can have everything your heart desires if you get this job and make this much money and plan for your life and, you know, but also I felt like a lot of people here live out of fear and those commercials for me were just kind of breeding that. So I immediately turned that off, but it was just something that really stood out to me first and foremost. And then, you know, there's the food, <laughs> the the portion sizes here, the words, another shock. Um, we, you know, the things people say about Americans sometimes are true and sometimes are not. And it's certainly true about our portion sizes. We eat a lot and we eat terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Yeah, there's that, you know, and little things like, you know, other parts of the world, they measure shots when they pour a drink, for example. And here in the States, they're just pour it up, you know, keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so true. Yeah, we we are the ultimate consumers of the world. And I just do everything was just kind of going off like sensory overload for the first month. You know, I I feel like I've kind of integrated back into American culture now, um, just in time to leave again. Yeah. (laughs) But no, it's definitely a big shock. And then, you know, little things like the volume at which people speak. You know, we we really are quite loud. Um, and we're also on the positive side, we're also very friendly in America. You know, there's this, someone told me this joke of like, if you see a man roaming around at night in the woods, he's either, uh, drunk or lost, or he's just American. Um, you know, we're walking around smiling at each other and we're random places no matter where we are we're smiling and you know it's in that way that was a good form of reverse yeah culture shock was just how friendly americans are no well I'll, I'll highlight two examples my favorite example that you you talked about is the fact that you said you know starbucks costs you know they basically five dollars for your favorite drink and you can think oh. of five days worth of green curry that that would buy you in, in <laughs> thailand right and so that's one example exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yes. Thank you for reminding me about the cost of everything. My goodness. <laughs> and yeah, and and then the other one, which was you, you were highlighting, was the fact that um, you know, American healthcare system. You know, it's it's especially mm-hmm. for foreigners. And I'm, I, if it's complicated for foreigners, I can only imagine what it's like for uh, for natives sometimes when they come back and forth. And um, yeah, it is more complex uh, than other countries, and that can be a major headache. And, you know. you know, it really can. And I, you know, I try, I try not to get too political, but my, it's getting increasingly difficult, right? <laughs> uh, I actually, I just read a quote this morning in a magazine that's something like, you know, art and politics have always been tricky bedfellows. Yeah. And no. so when you're an artist, which you are in a way, and I am in a way. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's definitely like for me, when I left the States, 
I was still on my family's insurance because I was only 25. And then, you know, I turned 26 and I was off insurance and I felt no pain because abroad it was unnecessary for me to have insurance. Um, for example, you know, there was a time in Thailand where I needed to get dental work done. And so I, I went and I was very worried, you know, I don't have insurance. How much is this going to cost? I was, you know, freaking out. Um, but I went in and I had two cavities, needed x-rays and a cleaning. And guess how much it was? Um, wow, I, money. $83. Wow. Oh my God. $83. And I had five, five dentists in working on me at a time in Bangkok. Wow. Bangkok, Thailand, $83. Oh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Goodbye travel funds. Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, I feel like it costs almost $80 just to check in if you don't have an, um, insurance and then you got to pay the extra amount. But It really does. I actually, I was just on the phone with a shot clinic because I've got to go get my a couple immunizations to go to Peru. And they said, oh, you know, it's $120 just for the consultation, just yes. for you to sit in front of us. Yeah. It's 120 So in my mind, you know, I always go right back to Thailand in that, in that dental office. And I thought, <laughs> you know, it's almost probably cheaper for me to book a flight to Thailand and get everything done <laughs> that I need. <laughs> uh, you're amazing, Heather. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, eat my green curry and do my thing. Okay. <laughs> Uh, no, I love that. I love that. No, I, I just wanted to bring that up because um, a lot of times, obviously, you know, there's the culture shock of going to a new country. And a lot of what you said, it's really just about putting yourself out there, being comfortable, being uncomfortable. But sometimes that reverse culture shock can be, you know, it can be a little crippling. And sometimes it can be a little bit of a um, something to a wall to push through because a lot of things that were familiar to you before all of a sudden become unfamiliar. And you know, you just talked about different ways you navigated that. And, you know, I think, you know, you're, you obviously said you're getting acclimatized to it more. I'm sure things like pop culture and the TV shows are things that you sort of break up with oh when you travel. Well, look, it has been a trip to go away for as long as I did and then come back. You know, I, I left before the election. I came back after the election. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, you know, wow. That changed things. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, I had the experience abroad of like going through immigration and realizing, you know, how different that was, no matter, depending on what part of the election we were in. Yeah. Um, so there was that. And then, yeah, you know, pop culture, I was, I still tuned into a couple of things when I was abroad. I've got my guilty pleasures and I, I'll admit it. I watched The Bachelor. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. I, <laughs> I, I, I watched The Bachelor or The Bachelor. I don't watch it as religiously, but I watch it enough to know. What's going on and who wins? So I know all about drama. I'm sitting in some city in Europe, and I'm you know, and then I'm like, but I've got to watch The Bachelor. <laughs> are you are you happy with the the new choice? No, <laughs> no. I think they, they need to start over. For goodness' sakes, get some new blood in there. Yeah, hey, yeah. you you would be good. Uh, no. <laughs> you you would be good for the Bachelorette. I, I don't know that I would be good, but I'm. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. I'd be noping them all day. Like, nope, nope, nope. 
<laughs> I think I'll be the most boring bachelor uh, uh, in history because I, I don't know that I could mentally commit to the process. I'd be like, ah, but it's too, it's too little time. I don't know. Cameras everywhere. I'll just be overthinking it. And I just know myself and I'll be like, you know, why do we cast you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, that's, that's no that's, pop culture is definitely. Oh my goodness, are we obsessed with it here? Or what? and and then it's it's crazy too because the rest of the world is obsessed with our pop culture too. And oh, like yeah. when you're abroad, you've experienced this. Is you know when you're in a foreign country, all of a sudden, whether you like it or not, you become it like the coin American in the room, the diplomat. Yes, and I know you your do. father was a diplomat, <laughs> um, but. Yeah, it's like all of a sudden they want to know, you know, what's going on with with Donald Trump and what's going on with, you know, Kim Kardashian and blah. I'm like, like I don't they're, they're like, aren't you from California? I'm like, you think that I just run into these people? <laughs> like, <laughs> they do. <laughs> no, no, it's funny. Obviously, I'm not I'm not an American, but when I was growing up, we that's how we saw the world. We saw the world through America's lens, you know, music, Hollywood. And I remember my middle school years, you know, my favorite movie was this was the reign of Freddie Prince Jr. So I loved, you know, she's oh. she's all that. This is like tenth, oh, yes, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, like the tenth things I hate about you year. I mean, all that was there. So I was like, yeah, I can't wait. And you know, I would look at the college movies, like you know, the American Pies, which I wasn't old enough to watch anyway. But I was sneaking. I was like, yeah, this is gonna be college. Probably seen. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so I felt I was definitely guilty of thinking like everything in the movies there was like you know real. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, I remember just having to remind myself that that's the movie's title. You know, it's not necessarily true, but, <laughs> but, um, and that's what's so, like, it's funny. I was, well, that one thing that was like shocking to me was that people around the world liked my accent. Yes. I said, what are you, you need to raise your standards. <laughs> the American accent is considered gold. Every time I go back to Nigeria, everybody wants to hear my accent because I sound sound different from the typical Nigerian. So, yeah. So we do have an innate fascination with other cultures. Oh, so that, you know, that is interesting about the whole accent thing. But it's funny, like there are actually, there's a high demand, off topic, but interesting nonetheless. There's a high demand for um, English teachers, American English teachers to teach um, children in China online there's all kinds of different a lot of uh, digital nomads do that on the sides to fund their trips yeah um, yes. and they want to learn american english because of the movies Absolutely. which cracks me up because you know i think of american english especially having lived in south africa where they speak you know the queen's english yeah. they speak for english so i feel like god we should we've annihilated english why would you want to learn <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm telling you, America, you know, a lot of the times, a lot of foreigners never, um, a lot of people in America actually don't understand the influence that they have in the rest of the world. You know, people are taking green card lotteries to get there. You know, the accent, it's the movie, it's the Hollywood, everybody wants to move here. So that is filtered down, you know, into the, the language. Even British people sometimes, uh, some of my, most of my cousins, uh, they're British citizens and, Sometimes they will tell me, I don't know what, what the fascination is with our accent. We like your accent. I'm like, wait, what? Your accent is so proper. So it's, it's funny how this is, this is all goes to the self-awareness thing. Like we think, you know, that many people don't see us a certain way, but you know, sometimes we are actually more awesome than we give ourselves credit for. 
Yeah. And that, I mean, that's the other, another psychological piece. I always spend a lot of time thinking about myself is like how everyone really is a mirror to us. Yes. So when we meet someone, we're identifying with them in some way, something that's either within ourselves or not within ourselves that Absolutely. we're lacking. <laughs> Absolutely. So, ah, so, well, I, yeah. Just a bit. No, nah, you're no, you're First of all, I love these type of interviews. You're just conversational. You're very, you're very amazing. Um, one more thing, though, before we go, I want to I want to talk about how you're making money. This is the don't ask me about my love life. <laughs> no, no, not the love life. How, how you making money? A lot of people say they they you know they want to do what you're doing, but they don't know how to to start. You know, maybe they haven't saved enough money. They don't know how to make money while they're away. What are your pieces of advice for them? So yeah, it's, you know the first piece. I will not, not lie to you and say that I I left without any money. I certainly had a great career and I was able to save quite a bit of money. Um, when I first left, I left and it's it's all on my website. There's a post I, I titled it "Funding Freedom" because that's the number one question: is how did you do this? So it breaks down, you know, how I saved money and I saved twenty four thousand dollars and I budgeted that for the first year. Um, so that broke down to. $50 a day. Um, and then there was room for miscellaneous expenses and flights and whatnot. And that money ended up stretching much, much further because I started getting money through advertisers that would reach out to me. And, you know, I really, truly, I fell into the blogging thing. So for me, it was all, all new. Um, and within the first couple of months, advertisers were offering me, you know, paid posts for social media or paid posts for if I would review a certain product or a property or, you know, whatever. So it's really, it's multiple streams of income. And now that uh, as my audience continues to grow, the opportunities continue to come in. Um, Cause when you've got a large following, you become kind of your own advertisement. Um, but then, then you have a responsibility to really only do what is important to you and what's authentic to yourself. Um, so I try to, you know, stay within that. I only review things that are I truly believe in. Um, so there's income that way. And then I also consult on the side. Um, so with my corporate experience, kind of marrying with my new, my oh, I've always had a love with for marketing, but now I've got a new love for digital marketing and content. Um, so now I'm consulting in a few different startups on the side, which I can do remotely from wherever. Thank goodness for Skype and what's that. Um, so that's one other stream of income. And then the other piece of it, um, you know, a lot of times as a blogger slash influencer, um, there are a lot of properties that would love to host you. So you just reach out. Um, I have what's called a media kit, which is essentially, you know, a PDF that breaks down all my followers and my statistics. And I'll reach out, um, to different hotels or hostels or properties that I'd like to check out and most times they are so willing to host me for a night or two or even more I've been hosted for like a week at a time before um which is all free and I just get to experience all of it and review it and share it with my readers wow. yeah yeah so what I'm yeah. hearing and what listeners can um can understand is that you know multiple levels of you know multiple streams of income and also learning how to leverage. I, you know, I think it's I think it's key. Obviously, you leveraged your content and your influencer status, which you had gotten from a community that you didn't know you would have from writing your story. Look at the levels. Um, right. And then, yeah, it's a yeah. multifaceted approach. Yeah. that's for sure. 
Yeah. And I think that's really the only way to do it. When you want to have a location independent lifestyle, you've got to put your feelers out there in 10 different directions and see what sticks. Okay. All right. No, that's it. And, and that's one of the reasons why travel is such a, such a, a great experience for people. I know sometimes there are obviously less glamorous aspects of traveling. I mean, there's, there's no sugarcoating that. But the fact that you, oh yeah. <laughs> but the fact that you get to learn more by yourselves, these are the things that you know Heather is talking about. As you're dis- diversifying your income and learning about yourself and getting into new environments, learning about yourself is you find out how adaptable you can be. You find out that careers that you had, you know, taken on before you in your previous life or um, you know decade could actually be beneficial to you here. And that happened with you with consulting. You're like, wow, I did go to school for that. I can do that here. And, and yeah. yeah. And, and it's and the, sad, the sad truth of the matter is that we live in a world where you got a lot of haves and have-nots. There, you know, I come from a third world country. There are many third world countries. And the things that a lot of people take for granted, I've noticed this, especially in countries that have a lot of resources, is that, you know, that's why they say first world problems, is that there are not a lot of people that have access to simple education. So you teaching someone to read, you teaching someone English, you uh, teach something that comes naturally to you, financial management or how to start a blog. That can be beneficial to you in another country as you're traveling because they don't do it on a regular basis. So don't take Absolutely. that for granted. Absolutely. We live in the age of connection. You know, Look how you and I got to meet, right? The, the internet is an amazing tool. Nowadays, we have access to absolutely everything and we need only press the button. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the worst thing that can happen is someone says no, and then that's just not yet. You know, you just, you know, you, you find another opportunity and you continue to grow. But, um, yeah, yeah right? this, <laughs> this has been fun, Heather. I've, I've enjoyed talking to you. This is amazing for me. I, I, I love know. It. We could talk for hours. <laughs> Next time, in person. Yes. With yes. a chicken hand. Yes. Yeah? Yes. <laughs> deal. It's a deal. It's a deal. But, <laughs> okay, great. but tell the audience where they can find you. You can find me at shegoesglobal.net and all of my social media is at Heather M. Dittmars. I'll make sure I put that in the show notes. I can't And no offense, I know you're a man, but any ladies listening, (laughs) please, you can join our Facebook group. It's the She Goes Global Women's Travel Group. No, there is no offense taken. Sorry, my friend. (laughs) No offense taken. um, uh, The audience knows I'm very, very uh, pro-gender quality and identify as a feminist so yes please continue i want all the women and listening and 50 percent of you are, well, are women <laughs> um please definitely check out that and, and i'll make sure to grab the link from you before um i put the episode up but i can't ask you to leave without asking this question this is the mission statement of everything i do use your difference to make a difference so my question to you heather is how do you use your difference to make a difference I use my difference by honing my authenticity and vulnerability for better. Inspire others to do the same. Okay. Authenticity and vulnerability, honing them for better and inspiring others to do the same. If that isn't a beautiful way to start off your day, I don't know what else will be. Thank you so much, Heather, for uh, being authentic, being vulnerable. You have been those two things today. And um, I'm really, really hoping that you enjoy uh, more of what the great state of, I believe, Tennessee. Uh, yeah, Tennessee for a few days and then on to Peru. It's all about contrast. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for coming on and it's really been a true pleasure. Thank you so much. All right.
Ladies and gentlemen, till next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.